Hey, welcome to Kevin Elworth Unplugged. I'm Kevin Elworth. And in my podcast today, we're going to talk about life, leadership, and all the things in between. I want to talk to you about something that's really kind of near and dear to my heart. It's something that I have kind of honed in on and unpacked over my years of leadership, team building dynamics, and of all the different things. And uh, this this is a powerful tool I'm going to kind of unleash on you today. It's probably one of the most effective and powerful tools in a, in a leader's arsenal. It's one that probably is utilized, probably not utilized to the best, uh, its best potential. But if you will figure out what to do with it, you can begin to really maximize and hone in on some new efficiency and some new, I don't know, um, it's going to unlock some things for you that you didn't really know possible. And so here's the thing. I'm, I'm pulling up a book right now that I want to just kind of u- utilize in, in this conversation today. But um, let me see if I can get this pulled up so that you can see it. But uh, so here's the thing. Here's the here's the idea. It is just the word encouragement. I am. I'm such a fan of encouragement. In fact, my my staple language has become everyone needs encouragement all the time. There's just this outpouring. It's like a it's moving away. It's like water that moves away from you um, of encouragement. It just goes away from you all the time. And so what happens is it's like in our culture, in our context, in our world, in your work setting, there's constantly this bombardment of get it right, do it better, be more productive. There's always things that we're seeking to tweak or to do better or to refine. And, you know, that can come to us as like, you know, boss, leader, CEO, that kind of thing. But also, and especially to the employees working under us. In fact, you know, the nature of uh, an evaluation is a correction. And so naturally, anytime you instate or or implement an, an area of, assessment, it comes with the mentality of correction, right? There is there is no assessment that is without some sort of tension and apprehension because people naturally know, I'm going to be told something I've done wrong. I'm going to be told something I need to do better. And uh, there is an element of like, you know, you're going to be encouraged in it. There's going to be some elements of um, positivity or encouragement that comes through those things. But naturally, everyone believes an assessment comes with correction. You've been doing something wrong. You need to do it better. I need you to do this in a different angle. And uh, it just it just happens like that. And I think that it's it's the reason why ultimately I abandoned the annual assessment years ago I, because of the nature of that tension. And so what I did was I started having monthly conversations with with whoever was on my team. I feel like it was it was more recognizable. And if there was corrective moments or something, you could deal with those readily, uh, you know, throughout the month or throughout every other month or even a quarter or something like that, rather than like once a year, trying to remember all the things that happened and took place and all those kind of things. But, you know, I'm not here today to talk about assessments or evaluations or anything like that. I'm here to talk about encouragement. And so I want to change your CEO job description today because I feel like it's a little bit wrong. Um, the CEO has so many things to do. There's so many things and hats that you wear and so many things that you, you have to chase down. You know, the, you're the chief vision caster. You're the, the lead team builder. You're the chief recruiter. You're the, you know, on, on a lot of levels, you're the chief sales, but none of those are, are really the core of your job description. In fact, I think the acronym CEO 
is wrong. <laughs> um, chief executive officer. It's not executive. It's encourager. Chief encouraging officer. That's your job. Your job is to em emphasize and uh, draw attention to and bring out moments of encouragement for your team to your team so that your team can actually advance and begin to thrive on so many different levels. I'm not trying to be facetious about these kind of things. In fact, I need I know that there's an area for some stern, tough, hard language, but in place of, or in conjunction with that, in addition to that, there has got to be a culture of super encouragement. There's got to be. Um, in fact, some of the some of the whoever they whoever they are, they say that it takes two comments or notes of positivity to counteract one of negativity. And maybe it's, maybe it's even more than that, more stringent, because we remember the negative things that people say about us. We rarely remember the positive ones. I don't know why that is, but it, it's just kind of characteristic of how this goes down and what this works into. Now, um, I'm familiar with coming from the Christian world. I'm familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages, and maybe you are too. In fact, I talked through this so many times uh, during my pre-marriage -count, pre counseling sessions as I would interact with couples and we would have this conversation about the love languages. And I love the way that Gary Chapman kind of unpacks that idea. I'm really especially grateful that he used the word language in it because it, it is literally like that. If I was just to start speaking a different language right now, and if you didn't know that language, it would just sound like gibberish to you. In fact, one of the ways I did this, I was preaching a sermon one time and about the five love languages. I was kind of going through this sermon series about premarriage counseling, and I got to this five love language thing. And, and instead of just introducing it, I went, it was like a three-part three-part message, which I rarely did. Um, but I just, in, the transition was a cold, hard transition. And I went from talking about one thing to just switching language. And I started speaking in Spanish instantly and started going off on this thing about love languages. And to just illustrate that point that if you're not speaking a person's language, it, it doesn't sound like anything to them. In fact, I remember one of the instances that I was dealing with, with pre-marriage counseling and sitting down with a couple and walking him through this idea. And, you know, some of the five love languages are like acts of service and, and gifts, practical, tangible gifts, uh, words of encouragement, words of affirmation or whatever, um, physical touch and, and quality time. So those are the five. And I remember what the idea is, is that we will love out of our primary love language. We will love we will express that to someone else out of their love, out of, out of our own, not rarely out of theirs, because we don't primarily know theirs. We primary, primarily know ours. And so we will love out of that. And so I was meeting with this um, engaged couple, and his was very much an acts of service. So he was doing that for her. He was washing laundry, and he was doing dishes, and he was cleaning the house, and all these things. And she was very much a quality time person. And and so he's doing all these things and he's wondering, like, why don't you appreciate this? Why don't you recognize the fact that I'm loving you right now? And to her, like acts of service was number five on her list. She didn't care if those things got done. She just wanted to have quality time with him. But to him, it was like, I got to get this stuff done first and and then we can spend quality time together. So we, they weren't speaking the same language. You know, the ironic thing is the same thing is true in your work, work life cycle. The five love languages still exist and they still remain. Of, of all people everywhere, we center all around these five things and they are there are appropriate and applicable ways to use these 
in the workplace. In fact, Gary Chapman wrote a second book, and I want to kind of show this to you, Five Love Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. This is a genius book because it really unpacks the idea of what it would take for you to create this high-profile system of appreciation, affirmation, and encouragement in the workplace. Your people are doing everything they can to be able to foster uh, or to pave the way for profitability inside of your context, inside of your culture. They know that they're working hard to be able to make their own paycheck. They also know that they're working hard to make your paycheck and to produce this. And in, in today's society, people will only stick around uh, an environment that is not encouraging for so long before they realize, you know what, I'm more valuable than this and I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else that has a better environment, a better context, a better culture, and I'm going somewhere where they know who I am and what I bring to the table. They're going to an encouraging context, something that they look at and say, this fuels me. It inspires me. It encourages me. They see me for who I am. They know who I am. I met with a friend of mine today who's a business owner, and we were talking about a situation that he's got going on. And I just reminded him of this idea. You know, I had already told this to him weeks ago, and you're the chief encouraging officer. And he grabs his phone right away and he pulls it and he shows it to me. And on his daily task list every day, his, it says chief encourager. And so he's naturally he's looking for ways to be an encouragement to the people, the team that's around him that will encur- that he can encourage and just revitalize and fuel and do those things. And if you are the boss and if you are the leader, the CEO or whatever, you need to understand that your encouragement comes from somewhere else. You should never look for encouragement from people beneath you. If they give it to you, it's an act of graciousness and generosity, but it's not where you should be looking for your encouragement from. That's the idea and the nature of a coaching relationship. That's where I come into play. It becomes my job to, to encourage you to, to uh, pull out some things that I'm seeing in you and just send you a note of encouragement. In fact, I've done that with most of my clients just recently, just sent them a note of like, man, I see you. I recognize the hard work you're putting into this and you're making some waves and you're getting some things accomplished and I'm proud of you. That's where this should come from, but it would be a great, viable, and recommended source for you to check out a book like this, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, Empowering Organizations by Encouraging People. There's so much that you could do with this and and spend a few minutes to kind of dream up and create notes or uh create notes. And what I mean by notes is like you're noting next to this person who they are and what they like and what fuels them and what encourages them so that you can speak directly into that. Remember, this is not about you. This is not about what speaks to you. This is about what speaks to them. And so how do you do that? You've got to do some bit of an assessment to get to know your people. Well, how do you do that? You know, maybe, maybe, uh, and, and one of the things that this friend of mine talked to me about today was the fact that over the next few, few weeks, months, whatever, he's got a one-on-one meeting scheduled with each one of his employees to converse with them. Maybe use that time as a, hey, I'm going to get to know you better time. Instead of, you know, as a boss, we typically create conversations that are very work-centric and we end up using these as elements of assessment. Don't make this about work. Make this about, make this about the person. You know, the age-old statement, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It goes a long way. There's another statement, and the one that I operated by, my filter was, I want you to know that I care more about who you are than what you do. 
And typically we care about what people do. And that's all we care about. We don't know anything about them. We don't know their kids. We don't know their birthdays. We don't know their loves, their likes, their dislikes, their, you know, whatever. Some, some things just go so far and they're so small that we kind of lose the value in them. But something as far as like a gift of, hey, what's your favorite drink? You know, everybody knew that my favorite drink was coffee. And so um, Starbucks, Starbucks, dark roast with cream that they knew that. And so th that would speak to them. And so I put together like a couple question assessment that I wanted to get to know my people. What's your name? What's your spouse's name? What are your kids' names? What are your birthday? What's their birthdays? What's your favorite candy bar? What's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite dessert? What do you like to do in your free time? What really speaks to you? And there, you could actually add a question. You know, what is what is the thing that just most encourages you? Of these five things, what really encourages you the most? And everybody gets hung up on the physical touch one. It actually still is a valuable and viable love language or language of appreciation in the workplace. You can give somebody a high five. You can give them um, a you can pat them on the back. You can, you know, keep it appropriate. Let's keep it centric here on what this needs to be. Don't make this awkward. Don't make it long. Don't make it weird. Keep it appropriate. But it's still a viable, valuable a, a note of appreciation that you can integrate into your context and into your society. For me, I'm a I'm a I, I love to just affirm people with language. So I write cards a lot. I I have an app that I use that will send them a handwritten note from me. And it takes me almost no time. It costs a little bit of money, but it's worthwhile to be able to send a note to these people to say, I, I thought of you and you had value and I've recognized this. And a lot of times it just comes in the terms of like something they've already told you. Um, those things send notes so far that you wouldn't even begin to believe how much fuel it can pour into someone when you just recognize them, when you notice them, when you express value to them. So your role today is chief encouragement officer. Spend some time dreaming up and brainstorming and quantifying what that might mean and how you can integrate your own flavor or your own flair with your people to be able to speak value into them and watch as they just kind of rise up and they see, oh man, they express some value into me. I'm worth something to them. I'm worth more than a paycheck. You're not buying these people's time. No, you are partnering with their talent and with their opportunity and with their insight and with their with their ability. And you may have them for a while and you may not have you may not have them for very long at all. They they can come and go as they please, remember. But it, it becomes an opportunity to just express gratitude and encouragement for these people as long as you need and as long as they're there and as far as they can go. But remember, don't misinterpret this. I'm not, this is not an, uh, an element of weakness. You know, so many people feel like that if we integrate something that's soft or kind like this, that people will try to get away with things. No, they won't. You instate an element of encouragement to people and and match that with your high performance element of productivity and efficiency, and you will see people climb a, a ladder so fast that you don't even know what to do because they, they're just almost clamoring over themselves to prove how valuable they are to you and to the company. And that only comes when you become an encourager. So I just wanted to encourage you with this today. 
this is a viable and a very vital part of your work context, whether you see it, recognize it, know it or not. But I want to know this, you know, talk back to me here. What are some elements and notes of encouragement that you have kind of woven through your context and how did it work? What do your people love? What do they respond to? What do they really just cling to and say, man, I feel so valuable when my boss, when the CEO, when the owner, when the person does this thing, what is that? You know, what, what is it? What speaks to them? Thanks so much for being a part of me today. Uh, part of this conversation. I love it. I, I love what I get to do with you guys. Don't ever forget that I'm here to help. Never hesitate to let me know what I can do to help you where you're at and what you're facing, what you're going through. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk soon.